Welcome. Welcome to you all. Uh, my name is Bob Menser. I'm one of the teaching elders here. And for the next several weeks, uh, I will be doing a series that is called uh, I Am the Light. Now, most of you probably immediately put that together with uh, the idea that Jesus comes along and says, I am the light. I am the light of the world. And so I wanted to take some time this morning to explore that concept and uh, then sort of unpack it a little bit. So if you'll bear with me for the first few minutes. Um, I'm trying to, there we go. Light. You know, we probably don't give much thought to light because we're surrounded by it. We have daylight at night. You know, the, the lights in the house are coming on earlier. Um, and so we sort of take light for granted. We don't think about it a whole lot, unless, unless you happen to be in a cave somewhere. Um, we have this, a couple of weeks ago, we were uh, traveling and we were in this hotel room and um, it just had no night lights at all. And so uh, I had to get up in the middle of the night, and you can picture me walking in. I mean, it, we're talking dark, dark, because we had all the blinds pulled. There were no night lights, and I'm walking along like this. Um, and I'm sure it was a picture that people could sell on the Internet quite, uh, <laughs> make quite a bit of money. Um, but <clears throat> light. Well, I'm about to entertain you with this idea. Light has observable characteristics. Light is energy. Light is measurable. Light is active. Light has frequencies. And it's kind of interesting. I'm going to pause there. Uh, how many of you have seen a rainbow? Well, you're looking at the spectrum of visible light. And those seven colors are really the only seven colors that we can see. Now, that's excluding black and white but it's called the electromagnetic spectrum. And so when we look up and we see that rainbow, we don't realize that those are the only seven colors that we see in any combination of them. But there is other light that we don't see. And you folks who are in the book club understand that there's a great book out that's called The Light We Don't See, but this has nothing to do with that. There is light that we don't see, and I'll come back to that in a minute. Light has intensity, there's brightness, Lightness has polarization. Uh, forgive me, this was 30 minutes on Google for me to learn all of this, okay? Uh, but polarization means that light actually hits two planes at once, and you can get it to be on one plane. Uh, and if you've ever had polarized eyeglasses or polarized sunglasses, that's bringing the light into one plane, and then you can see a little more clearly. But there are seven electric, uh, electromagnetic spectrum lights, and these are lights that we can't see. Radio waves, microwaves, infrared, ultraviolet, x-rays, and gamma rays. And so if we look at this spectrum, we see only light in this level, but these other lights are out there, and we all know what they are. We all, we've learned about them. Uh, all of you who have microwaves know that Somehow, it cooks food. <laughs> and it's actually light waves that are doing that. And light is extremely powerful. 
I know I have you on the edge of your seat, so just bear with me. It gets better. Let's talk about darkness. Now, darkness, it cannot describe its characteristics. It's dark, and we only describe it by saying darkness is the absence of light. And then if we have light in it, then we begin to measure it by seeing the light and measuring how much illumination is in the darkness. Darkness can't be measured. It has no speed. It has no wavelengths. It's the absence of light. So when we come to Scripture, Scripture uses a lot of imagery to talk about light and darkness. And uh, when it talks about light, a lot of times it talks about what you see. Ah, this all came to light, meaning uh, I'm beginning to see it or understand it. Dark, when it's talked about in the scriptures, it talks about blindness. Uh, light, sometimes it's talked about wisdom. Dark, ignorance. Um, sometimes light is understanding, or light is hope. Uh, light is life. Dark is death, doom, hopelessness. And so we had sang one song this morning that said he brought us out of darkness. Well, that's because before he came into the world, we walked in darkness. And you say, well, I could see, but yet you could not really see what he was bringing to us. I have come as light into the world, he says in John 12, 46, that everyone who believes in me may not remain in darkness. Now I want to talk about the eye. We all have eyes. In Scripture, when it talks about eyes, talks about a lot of imagery. When you think of eyes, you're thinking of these things that you have in your head. But I'm just going to go through a number of these rather quickly, just so you get the idea. Eye imagery. Uh, Job says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Huh? I have made a covenant with my eyes. And what he means by that is, and I don't want to go all of these or we'll be here all day, um, he said that his eyes would only focus on certain things. And he's talking about, I will only focus on the Lord God. That I have made a covenant with my eyes. We will not look to anything else except our God. Uh, Job also says, then the, the three men ceased answering Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. What did he do? Have little righteousnesses in there? No, and so we have to we, we take this idea of what he was talking about and we transfer it from the eye to what he was talking about. He was righteous in his own eyes. Well, you all know what that means. He thought he was righteous, and he was the only one who thought he was righteous. Um, they set their eyes to cast down to the ground, to cast us down to the ground. I don't get that. What do you mean, eyes to cast us down? And obviously they were thinking, they set their eyes to do evil to us. They set their eyes to do, uh, bring us trouble. Uh, a couple of more, and then we will move on. My eyes anticipate the night watches, that I may meditate on their, thy word. 
my eyes anticipate. What? So, so when we begin to think about this all, we have light and we have eyes. Um, do not be wise in your own eyes. I like the next one, Proverbs 13, 15. Bright eyes gladden the heart. You get the picture. Bright eyes. Somebody really happy. I mean, how many of you have had somebody, a, a child, a grandchild, a child run up to you, and they're all bright and glad to see you, and you think their eyes are all lit up? Okay. And the last one, uh, nor are the eyes of man ever satisfied. Interesting. You understand what it's talking about. It's talking about how man's eyes always desire something else, always lust after something else. They're never satisfied. My eyes are never satisfied. I only want more. So, when we combine the two, the light and the eye, we have to understand that without one, the other will not work. In other words, I need to have a working eye and I need to have light in order to see. You take one of those away and you can't see. If I take light away, it doesn't matter whether I have a perfect eye or not. I can't see in the dark. And the opposite is true. If I have, a, uh, if I have all the light in the world and my eyes don't work, don't function, then I can't see. And that transposes or transfers into the spiritual realm. See, Jesus said, I am light, and I've come into the world for you to be able to see. And so from a spiritual perspective, we need to have light, and we need to have eyes that work. Now, I'm not going to do that. So the title of today's series is, or this, this presentation today is Eyes to See. And just a couple of scriptures where, again, there's talking about eyes to see. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. What does that mean? The eyes. The commandment, the law of the Lord is pure, giving you eyesight. So when you have this word coming, it illuminates what you see. Proverbs 23 says, Oh, give me your heart, my son, and let your eyes delight in my ways. In other words, his ways are perfect. Where do your eyes focus? Do you see his ways? Do your eyes delight in him? So, with all of that said, I think I'm going to uh, need a volunteer because the next portion of this is going to kind of explain and put that all together. And I'm going to look for a volunteer from out here somewhere. Uh, someone who, listen, uh, doesn't mind being humiliated in front of uh, 75 people uh, or laughed at or uh, uh, mocked or any of those. That's what I'm looking for that kind of volunteer. So, with all that said, let me see your hands. Oh, good. I have a volunteer. What's your name, young man? Well, listen, we'll just step down here. 
right down front, and his hand went right up. Okay. <laughs> now listen, um, you see up here, uh, in a few minutes, I'm going to put a slide up there that is an eye chart. Okay, now you're all familiar with eye charts, and I want you to read the eye chart for me. Now, I want you to understand, it's not one of those funny eye charts that say something like, I stink or something, you know. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't do anything like that. <laughs> but I want you to, you'll be okay with reading the eye chart? Sure. We'll now, see I, together. Okay. Well, what I'm, I'm going to ask is that you take your glasses off. It's going to uh, be a wild ride. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I thought, I'm going to put those there. And, well, we're not ready yet. We're not ready yet. You know, I think there's one more thing that I need to do to help you along. Uh, this, this, this will help you quite a bit here. You'll have to help me get that down over here. Oh, yeah, I know. It's British Airways. There. Okay. You all ready? Here comes my eye chart. Maybe? There we go. There we are. There's the eye chart. Okay. Now, okay. You go ahead and read it. Hmm. Okay. And I'm going to say C. C. That rhymes with E. I do know what the problem is. Uh, okay. All right. All right. You need corrective lenses. Oh, okay. All right. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah that, that'll work. There. Show everybody you now have your corrective lenses on. Right. Okay. Now, okay. how about reading line two for me? Ooh. Uh, 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 F. You know, ooh. Let me give you, give me a couple of numbers for the lottery tonight, okay? okay. <laughs> Here, let me, let me, let me. Right. I, 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 I want you to hold this for a second. Okay. And I want you to kind of, I'm going to lead you over here. Right. I'm kind of done with you for a few minutes. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll get you there, okay? okay. You All can right. sit here. All right. All right. Okay. And you can beg alms from people. Okay. He's in darkness. There is no light. His eyes work perfectly, and especially with collective, corrective lenses. <laughs> You're doing okay. So, I think we're going to go to 2 Kings. Now, first of all, before we get there, I'm going to give you the whole story in Bob's language, and then we'll read it, and we'll unpack it a little bit. But it seems that the king of Syria, uh, his name is Ben-Hadad, uh, no, Ben-Hadad, uh, that's not a first and second name, that's his whole name, King Hadad. Uh, he's a Syrian king and has made war against Israel. And Israel, um, every time he mounts an attack against them, Israel seems to be ready for it, and they thwart his attack and defeat him. And he can't understand why, no matter what he does, they come around and they're, they're, they're ready to fight, and they, they've beaten him to the punch. So he calls his advisors together, 
And he says, I, what is going on? And they say, well, we're going to tell you something here. The, uh, the Israelites have a prophet, and his name is Elisha. And it's as if he hears every word you say in your bedroom. And so the only way you're going to defeat Israel in these battles is to get him out of the way. I like the idea, says the king. We're going to send an army. We're going to send an army around, and they're going to surround Elisha and do him in. So off goes the army by night. They find Elisha, and they surround him. Well, it's night, and in the morning, his servant gets up, and he goes out to make the coffee, and he looks around, and he sees that they're surrounded by this army. And he thinks, I was getting ready to make ham and eggs. What am I going to do? Oh, wait a minute, he's kosher. He can't make ham and eggs, can he? Uh, <laughs> bacon and eggs, bacon. No, we won't make bacon and eggs either. He's uh, going to make lamb and eggs. Lamb and eggs, okay? And he, so, but he runs back and he says, Elisha, we're surrounded. We're going to die. We're going to die. Look. And Elisha says, that ain't going to happen. And he says, Lord, open his eyes that he can see. And the Lord opens his eyes. And he looks up on the mountains. And there are thousands of angels and chariots all surrounding this army. So here's the way this really reads. And he sent horses and chariots, and this is 2 Kings 6, 14 and 19. And he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Now the city's name happens to be Dothan, D-O-T-H-A-N. And D that Dothan means double cisterns, double feast, or two wells. It has to do with two. And when we think about that, we have this man who's looking at the circumstances surrounding him and this other man who's looking beyond the circumstances. And so we're faced with a question about who's double-minded here? Here we are at this city of twos and one man sees it one way and another man sees it another way. And we have a, a conundrum. What? Who do you want to believe? Who do you want to believe? Now, when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Have you ever been in that situation? I don't know what to do. You are looking at something that looks overwhelming, and you say, I have no idea what to do. And that's where the servant, uh, or the attendant, finds himself there. Uh, he's probably an apprentice. We never know what his name is. But Elisha gives him one quick answer. 
Here's what you need to do. Do not fear. And so when we find ourselves surrounded by the enemy, we need to do two things. Do not fear and those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Eyes to see. And my point is, when you find yourself in circumstances, situations, where you say, I don't know what to do, don't be blind. Use your spiritual eyes, because God has come that we may have light. And use that spiritual eyes, because if it's one's not working, the other one's not working. So we need to have trained eyes. Which brings me to my next slide. My wife will remember this. A number of years ago, we took our two oldest grandchildren to Deep Creek, uh, and we do that uh, occasionally with all the grandchildren just to have some time with them. Uh, and we took them there, and we did kayaking, uh, and they had a big arcade there, and we took them there, and we took them out and, to eat. And We found out that on the following morning at one of the nearby state parks, they were having a bird watchers training. And my oldest grandson is a, is a, is a birder. Um, and he was still learning all of this and said, would you like to go to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we took both the kids and Danny and I went and we show up and lovely, lovely, lovely and pleasant um, ranger. She knew everything about birds and so we all got there and she said, if you don't have binoculars, here, we're going to give everybody binoculars, and they gave us all binoculars, and we start on this walk through the woods. And she says, oh, do you hear that? That's a, and I'm not going to, I'm a robin, okay? I don't know. And I said, oh, yeah, and we all heard it, yeah. She said, let's see if we can see it. And so, vroom, all the, and she said, there it is, over there, do you see it? And everybody goes, yeah, yeah. And my grandchildren said, yeah, we see it, we see it. And Danny and I are there. Where? <laughs> Where? <laughs> I don't see anything. I see leaves, twigs. She said, oh, no, right there by next to that piece of moss. It's all got moss. It all has moss. Okay, let's move on. And so we moved on. Oh, do you hear that? A blue jay. Oh, oh, there it is. Whew. Danny and I, up. I don't see it. Do you see it? I don't see it. Well, they all, yeah, yeah, it's up there. Do you see it? I don't see it. Yeah, it's up there. So, to end the story, Danny and I enjoyed a peaceful walk in the woods. <laughs> and they all got to watch birds. And the truth of the matter is, I'm not trained. My eyes haven't been trained to look through all of those leaves and see that bird up there. And sometimes our eyes aren't trained. 
to look beyond the circumstances, to see the God of our salvation working, to see where we can't see. We say, oh, Lord, open my eyes that I may see. Open my eyes that I may see. Well, Scripture does a lot about this. And Jesus said in John 9, 39, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see, wait a minute, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. And he's talking, of course, about the Pharisees there. God desires you to be able to see. He brought light into the world that we can see. We need to see into that spiritual realm, not this realm. We need to see into that spectrum of light that's beyond what we just see here. Now, here's the, I'm going to passage from the book of Mark, chapter 8. I'll give you my version of it. How you doing down there, blind man? <laughs> I didn't forget about you. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> there he is, okay. No light. He has no light. Your eyes okay? Pretty relaxed. Pretty relaxed. Oh, I'm afraid I might put him to sleep. I think that's what he's saying. <laughs> okay. Well... Here's the situation. Jesus is trying to teach his disciples about the Pharisees. And they're all in a tizzy because somebody forgot to bring the bread. They got nothing to eat. And so they're arguing back and forth, and Jesus is trying to teach. And they're what you were supposed to, Andrew, you were supposed to bring the bread. No, no, it was Matthew. I think, I think, it, was, I think it was Peter's turn. No, I'm not doing that. That's beyond me to bring the bread, says Peter. So we have this situation where they're arguing. And Jesus gets pretty upset with them. He gets upset with them because a few days before, he fed 4,000 bread and fishes. And a few days after that, he fed 5,000 with bread and fishes. And so here's where we pick this particular caption up. And they had forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. And he was giving orders to them saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began, you know, they weren't paying attention. Like, you're all paying attention here. They were not paying attention. And they began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. This is a fact. We have no bread. Blah, 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 blah. Back and forth. Back and forth. Jesus is exasperated. And he turns to them and he says, aware of this, he said to them, why? Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Did you not yet see, or do you not yet see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? Having eyes, don't you see? And having ears, do you not hear? Okay, now this is a rebuke coming. And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces you picked up? 
And they said to him, 12. And then I broke the seven and, uh, for the 4,000. And how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said to him, seven. And he was saying to them, do you not understand? Don't you have eyes? How many times do we find ourselves again in situations where we forget that we have a Savior? Situation that we forget that we have help. We forget that he has helped us numerous and numerous and numerous times. And yet when we find ourselves here, he said, don't you remember what I did for you? Don't you remember I've seen this? And there's a connection here. Do you see and do you understand? See, seeing is understanding. And he says, oh, yeah. And so when you find yourselves, again, in such a situation where you have a problem of some sort, I'm never going to get out of this. This is something beyond me. Help, help. Don't you remember? Don't you remember what I've done for you before? Yeah. Do you think I will do it again? Mm, yeah. Then remember, don't you see, don't you understand, don't you have spiritual eyes to see beyond what your situation is? Don't you have spiritual eyes to see beyond what the relationship that's failing is? Don't you see? Don't you put on spiritual glasses? You doing okay, Donovan? Okay. If he just had light, he would be able to see. But he's blind. Job says in Job 26, 22, Behold, God is exalted in his power. Who is a teacher like him? Who has appointed him his way? And who has said, you have done wrong? Remember that you should exalt his work of which men have sung. Remember how important that is. Remember what God has done. Remember when he has brought you out of darkness. Remember when he has delivered you. Remember when all was failing and God, but God. I pushed the wrong button. To thee... Psalm 123 says, verses 1 and 2, To thee I lift up my eyes. O you who are enthroned in the heavens, behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, and as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he shall be gracious to us. Remember, don't look at the situation. Put on your spiritual eyes, your trained eyes to look beyond. And remember, he's delivered me. He's brought me out of these things in the past. He's helped me. How quickly you forget. Do you not see? Do you not understand? Don't you have ears to hear? 
And our last example is from the book of Luke. Bob's interpretation first. We have two disciples, and they're, they've left Jerusalem, and they're walking on the way to a town called Emmaus. And they're obviously uh, disciples of Jesus, and they're really, their hearts are saddened because they know that Jesus has been crucified, and they also know that there's some rumors going around that some women went to the gravesite and he wasn't there. We just don't understand this. And so they're walking along and moseying and just being sad and mumbling and complaining about it all. And all of a sudden, this other guy comes along and he starts walking next to him. And he says, what are you guys so sad about? Where have you been, buddy? Don't you know what's going on, what happened in Jerusalem? And they tell him all this stuff that has happened to this guy by the name of Jesus. He said, oh, really? He said, but let me, let me explain the scriptures to you. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about this. So he starts explaining the scriptures, and he starts in the book of the laws, and he talks about what the, how the, 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 the servant of the Lord must suffer and die and would be raised again on the third day and talking about through the prophets. And I think I would have loved to have been in that, that little group there because you'd have gotten a whole Bible teaching in half an hour or an hour, you know, from the guy. And uh, so they, they finally, they get about part of the way of their journey and it's getting to be dark and they say, hey, why don't you come on in with us? We're going to eat here, and why don't you just stay with us? He said, oh, okay, I'll stay with you for a while. So they go in, and they sit down, and they're still talking, and he reaches over, and he takes a piece of the bread, and he breaks the bread. And what happens to these two disciples? Their eyes are open, and they say, oh, this is, this is Jesus. This, this is the... This is, he's alive! And he disappears. Gone. Well, I'll read the through it and then we'll kind of unpack it here. Maybe. Oh, well, in conclusion, <laughs> they're back there. There we go. Ah! And it came about, well, this is from Luke 24, and it came about that while they were conversing and discussing, discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you're walking? As if he didn't know, okay, but, you know, that's a leading question. Um, And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as though he would go on further. And they urged him, saying, Hey, stay with us, for it's getting toward evening, and the day is now, is now nearly over. And he went in to stay with them. 
And it came about while they were conversing and discussing. Jesus himself, uh, uh, no, we already read that. <laughs> oh, I, my, I'm, I'm pushing the wrong buttons, aren't I? Yeah, that's not, that's my fault. One more. Drum roll, please. Ah. And it came about that when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? See, at first, their eyes were not open. How many times have you been walking on the road to Emmaus and Jesus has come alongside of you and you didn't recognize him? There he was, walking with you. Oh, man, you don't know the problems I got. Wow, oh, if Jesus was only here, he would fix them all. Hmm. And so as they were walking along, and what's important here is when he broke the bread, their eyes were open. And so many times we need a revelation from God. You know, we just think, oh, it's all going to just all happen. But as we search the scriptures and as we read them, God says, now I want to show you something. I want to show you who I am. I want to reveal something to you that I've not shown you before. I want to let you know that I am your healer. I want you to know that I am your provider. I want you to know that I am your best friend. I want you to know that I am your God. I want you to know that I'm your friend. I want you to know who I am. And I'll open the scriptures to you. There he is. Um, uh, uh, next, not next week, but the week after, I'm going to share with you one of the revelations that I've gotten from the Lord uh, recently. And I said, wow, I never knew that was there. As many times as I've read the scriptures, I never saw that. And that's what God desires to do. He desires to show you himself in the scriptures. Reveal himself. A revelation of who he is so you no longer say, oh, I know him. I walked with him. I didn't see that he was walking with me. And now he's shown me something. Glory to God. Glory to God. Open my eyes, Lord. And these are the three things that I've, these scriptures have talked about. They've talked about sometimes when you're in circumstances, and you're surrounded by the enemy. And you say to yourself, I don't know whether this is a trial. I don't know whether this is a test. I don't know what's going on here. Don't fear. Allow the Lord to open your eyes to see that there's more for you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He is with you. He is in you. Don't forget that in your circumstances. 
oh Lord, open my eyes to see beyond what I can see here. Open my eyes into that other spectrum, those other places that I cannot see. I also thought it was interesting, this is a side that I forgot to talk about, but there are seven, there are seven colors that we can see, and there are seven unknown spectrums that we, we can't see. And I think, ah, seven, there's got to be something, connection there. Right, Ben? <laughs> got to be. Okay, sorry, that was just an aside. Uh, second point, disciples, they forgot, they forgot. They forgot whose child they were. Don't you know I'll provide for you? Don't you know? Do you forget what I've done for you in the past? Don't forget. Remember. And the last point. Sometimes Jesus is walking right alongside you and you just don't see him. I'm here. Oh, man. And we kind of dismiss all of that. And then he says, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to show you something that you haven't seen before. And you'll know it's me. And he opens the scriptures to you. And he opens something you haven't seen. And you said, oh, Lord, oh, there's life there. There's light there. There's hope there. There is no darkness. And darkness wants to come in. Darkness wants to come in and separate you from that light wants to show you how dark it is. Oh, don't you know there's death here? Don't you know that? Look at the circumstances. You'll never get out of this. Death, death, death. Jesus, I want to put light in there. I want to give you life. I want to open your eyes. Thank you. Psalm 141. For my eyes are toward you, O God, the Lord in you I take refuge. Do not leave me defenseless. Keep me from the jaws of the trap which they have set for me. See, we do have an enemy. And that enemy desires to do nothing to you that is good. He desires to kill you. He desires to deceive you. He wants to have you focus away from the light. He wants to have you focus into the darkness. My eyes need to be toward you, Lord. You are my salvation. Hebrews says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Fix our eyes. And my last closing scripture from Psalm 119, 17 and 18. Uh, and this is what actually precipitated this entire message. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may hold, behold wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes, Lord. You're not blind people. Oh, we've got to have some light here, don't we? Open my eyes that I might know. You missed all of this, Donovan. <laughs> He's been a terrific sport, hasn't he? Let's give him a hand. <laughs> Open my eyes that I can see.
beyond what I see, Lord. Open my eyes. And God wants to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that you have indeed called us out of darkness and into your light. And Lord, we would just reach out and try to grasp what that means to walk in your light, to walk in the things that you have, that have been hidden in darkness and are revealed in you. You are the light of the world. You have come that those who believe in you will have light and eyes to see. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your, your faithfulness in all of our lives, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.